So now you definitely recall Whitney pushing you off. Yeah. Vividly. 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 Okay. What I recall is that I was driving the snowmobile and you guys were on the back end on the sled. And I took the turn way too sharp. And I look behind and I see my... Precious children <laughs> tumbling, tumbling <out>. head <laughs> over heels into the great white abyss. And I'm thinking, oh shit, oh shit, I'm, I'm in trouble. And then when we were fun, you pitted us against each other. I said, wait, why did you push her? to the Bug and a Rug podcast. As always, my name is Caitlin, and today I am here with Mama Sue and Daddy Bruce. Today we are bringing you another story that may or may not keep you up at night. Hopefully by the end of it, we will all still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug, but only time will tell. And I just want to say that this is the second recording of this episode because I thought the first one sounded bad. Well, it's because I was cussing. <laughs> no. Things like, damn, shit. <laughs> well, okay, we'll see you guys later. We have to start over again. <laughs> I don't know if you said any of that. <laughs> but in between recording the first time and this time, I have decided that this will be our first episode of four episodes in December. So this one will be coming Lead off. out. Lead off yeah, see, I know. Brings so you guys, back. Yeah, first and last one. You guys got the first. Jack has the last one. We'll see how that goes. Come on, Jack. Come on. <laughs> so, so we gotta we gotta start out strong here and carry them through. Carry it through, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So our story today, as you may or may not remember, I would appreciate if you all act surprised throughout. Don't oh. remember it at all. <laughs> I will gasp. Yes, at the appropriate time. As in practicing my surprised face. <laughs> well, that won't work because nobody will see you. You two will see That's me. true. And I'll Play comment. Off of me. Oh, you've got a surprise face <laughs> This is perfect already. <laughs> this is perfect already. Um, I think that the last time I asked you guys before we started how you felt about disappearances of people. Not that I remember. But I think I said that it makes me uneasy because there's no closure and mm-hmm. like you literally don't know what happened. Yeah, that's fair. I now remember what this podcast is I know. Like. So, yes, and, and I... Surprise face! And I remember something. And I don't remember think that's something. how that was supposed to go. But, uh, yeah, I... I Disappearances are, are um, unfortunate and, and sad most of the time yeah. because if someone doesn't come back, then you're sad that uh, you have no idea. You have no what idea happened. what yeah. happened. And when someone usually comes back, it usually means um, they found a body somewhere, which yeah. is very unfortunate. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, disappearances are never fun. Um, so you guys better still bring the holy jolly spirit mm. during this story. Wait, let me go get my jingle bells. Yeah. <laughs> I can jingle them every <laughs> once in a while. 
All right, we'll just go ahead and get started. No. No, whatever you're doing, stop. I'm glad this isn't on video. <laughs> what kind of magic mic stuff is that going on? There's a Magic Mike 3 coming out. Did you see that? Mm, Grandma will be excited. It was like Channing Tatum, except his name's not Channing Tatum. I don't know his name. Is coming to this. St- is his name Mike? I don't know. Is yeah, he Magic he Mike? Mike? I don't know. Can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't was matter. Was that the purpose of the story? <laughs> yeah, that's it. And we're done. We're reviewing thoughts and feelings about Magic Mike I mean, 3. In the movie. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Anywho, 23 year old Stephen Kubacki. K-U-B-A-C-K-I, was studying German at Hope College in Holland, Michigan in 1978. He was looking forward to finishing his studies and beginning his dream job at the Holland Sentinel newspaper. According to those who knew him at the time, Stephen was a good student who enjoyed spending time with his friends and family. He was an avid outdoorsman who took a particular interest in skiing, And in February of that year, so 1978, Stephen decided to take a solo cross-country skiing trip across the frozen Lake Michigan. Cross-country skiing in Michigan is very popular during winter months. Michigan gets 64 inches of snow on average annually, so there are hundreds of miles of trails one could take to explore the state. Lake Michigan and Lake Huron often freeze in the colder temperatures, allowing individuals to trek onto the edges during their exploration of the wilderness in Michigan. And I know we talked about this last time, but tell us, have you gone skiing before? I have gone skiing before, and I was thinking, are we going to bring this up again? Yes! Well, because I have no stories to discuss skiing. I've gone snowboarding once, didn't super care for it, because I didn't... Yeah, I know, it was awful. (laughs) We skipped the intro to snowboarding and it was more like oh you'll get it and like i definitely did not get it it would i think i would enjoy it if i went more but i just couldn't figure it out no i went downhill skiing and cross-country skiing and uh snowshoeing i've done i've done those did you do any sick jumps sick jumps (laughs) i did some sick falls (laughs) i don't i don't i remember them coming back and saying I'm never going again. I'm so tired of 12-year-olds asking me if I need help when I almost rolled over them and killed them. If they were only 12, they were more 10 and 8. Oh my! Maybe we should go. Maybe we should try it. No, my knees. I, I would definitely not make it. I no, would, like the bunny, I would the, not bunny slopes, the bunny slopes. The bunny slopes. The bunny slopes. Bunny, bunny. Yeah, is or, that what they're or called? Maybe the toboggan run. Yeah, not the black but, diamond. But we could do cross country. <laughs> not the black diamond. I'll take a black diamond. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we all want one of those. <laughs> cross country skiing would be bad because you're not like. It's like running. It's like it's like oh, jogging. God. It's very tiring. It's, it's very tiring. <laughs> Which isn't for everybody. I want to try it once. I've told Jack once. I mean, when the Olympics comes on, I always think I'd be okay at it. Cross country skiing. Yeah. Yeah. Cross country skis are are thin and long. Yeah. And they have ridges on the bottom. So when you're downhill skiing, there's no ridges on the bottom. So it's just nice, smooth. Yeah. Fast moving until you hit that sudden stop. And then on cross-country skis, I I think, if I recall, they have ridges on the bottom so that you can shuffle, you can move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like pushing off mostly. Okay, I got you. The only thing I know about skiing is like, you. what's like ice skiing? You make a pizza when you want to... No. Yeah, when you want to stop, you put your feet in a triangle, like a slice of pizza. Mm. 
I think. Yeah. Oh, if it's about food. A pizza. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I know. That's all I know. All right. Anyway, so Stephen Kubecki has gone skiing many times. You know, he's been in school here and lived here for a while. So he's gone cross-country skiing in Michigan and on these trails before. This particular trip, he decided to take off from the town of See, second time around, still didn't look this up. Um, Saugatuck, S-A-U-G-A-T-U-C-K. And he left this town on February 20th, 1978, well-equipped and in good spirits, according to those who he told he was going skiing. The next day, so February 21st, snowmobilers in Saugatuck, I don't know, discovered cross-country skis and poles abandoned near Lake Michigan. They couldn't find an owner, so they alerted authorities that someone was missing in the area, or at least, you know, they found missing poles and skis in a weird spot. Meanwhile, family and friends of Stephen were trying to reach him after receiving no contact from him after he should have returned home. So it was just like a day trip, like it wasn't anything. That, those areas are, are really cold. Yeah. And the wind can blow up, you can have storms. Um, the problem with those areas is, is you don't want to travel by yourself. Yeah. So if and you're staying out all night, it really, you, you really don't want to do that unless you are really prepared and you have told people that you're going to. Yeah, and so I think he was just doing a little day. A j- mm-hmm. I, we used the word jaunt, jaunt. last jaunt. time, a little jaunt. day jaunt. <laughs> but he broke rule number one. He didn't use the buddy system. No didn't use the buddy system, system. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He should have had his location turned on. Wait, no, this was 78. No, no. <laughs> he, he had a map. <laughs> With an X on it. Look, it turned on as in like a really tall pole attached to him with a red dot so people exactly. can see him. Right. <laughs> should have brought a flare. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, so because of all of this combined, you know, the, the missing uh, skis and or the abandoned skis and poles and then, you know, they couldn't find an owner and then his family and friends were trying to find him and they knew he was leaving from this town. Um, investigators believed that the abandoned equipment was, in fact, Stephen Kubecki's. They quickly put together a search and rescue team to scout the area in hopes of turning up clues to his whereabouts. Nothing was found except for a 200-yard trail of footprints in the snow leading from the skiing trail, from the skiing equipment, excuse me, past the edge of the lake, which then ended abruptly. The grim realization that Stephen must have fallen through the ice to his death, either by drowning or hypothermia, hit the investigators rather quickly. However, friends... Friends and family were not quite as quick to jump to this conclusion due to the fact that there was no holes found in the lake where he could have fallen. They argued that since Stephen had skied in this area before, he should have known how how to traverse the dangerous terrain. Furthering the mystery of the disappearance was the fact that Stephen's backpack was found days later in the center of an area that was covered in the extensive manhunt. So these facts combined drove search and rescue forces to double down in their efforts. Because at first they were like, oh, I must have fallen through. There was literally no no holes, yeah, like nothing um, to show that he might have fallen through. And then, I mean, I'm assuming like if his poles and stuff were there, but his backpack wasn't, that he probably was wearing his backpack. So for them to find it later, just like leaning up against a tree, like that is further to the fact that he didn't fall in because you'd think it would fall in well, with I mean, him, in my opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. I, was it leaning against the tree or they just found it? 
I'm not sure. Because if he had like granola bars in it, an animal could have took it. And Dragged it. it. That's true. Well, I'm saying if he fell in with it on, yeah. it would have also been true underwater. Yeah. Right. I'm assuming. Anyway. Or it should have been by his stuff. stuff. Closer to his stuff. Yeah. True. So numerous searches were launched after the, you know, initial one the day after, and they continued as the snow melted. Snowmobiles were used until it was safe to search on foot. Dogs were then utilized throughout, you know, the various seasons until it got cold again. And divers were sent into the water as soon as they could. However, nothing turned up. No body, no clothing, no equipment other than what they had already found. He seemingly vanished into thin air. Have you ever gone snowmobiling before? I have. And Winnie and I will fight about this all the time. But she pushed me off and she's not here to argue it. She pushed me off the snowmobile. Did she or did I push her off? I don't remember. Were you on the snowmobile? Or, <laughs> or on were a you sled? On the back I think of we're a on sled. the back of a sled being pulled by the snowmobile. And somebody pushed somebody <laughs> off. Well. Yeah. Well. Your mama can tell the story better. What? About what? About how they fell off the back of the snowmobile. Oh, yeah, yeah. Off? Grandma was driving the snowmobile. Pap was at work. Aunt Kim and I were on an inner tube on the back of the snowmobile, and we went around the turn, and the inner tube went out onto the pond because the rope broke, and we were afraid because we didn't know if it was frozen enough, like, to walk Walk back. Yeah. But we made it back. Well. You just walked back? Very... Aren't mm-hmm. you supposed to crawl? Is that weird? What are you supposed I to... can't remember that. Yeah. I don't remember you that. You do the spidey crawl across, yeah, to spread out your weight. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so but most of the time you just get on there and just run. run. <laughs> get as close as you can so she can just grab you. So grandma can pull you. I guess she would have been, I don't know how old you guys were. When Young. Were, yeah. Like elementary school. Oh, so now you definitely recall Whitney pushing you off. Yeah. Vividly. 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 <laughs> Okay, what I recall oh, no. is that I was driving the snowmobile, and you guys were on the back end on the sled, I'm terrified. and I took the turn way too sharp, so it's and I fault. look behind, and I see my precious children tumbling, tumbling out. head over heels into the great white abyss. <laughs> And I'm thinking, oh shit, oh shit, I'm, I'm in trouble. And then when we were fine, you pitted us against each other. I said, "Wait, why is it pusher?" Oh my god, the truth comes to light years later. Oh my gosh, I should have known it was you. I, 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 I like how known. your young mind wouldn't uh, just wouldn't in the think gaps. my father wouldn't do this. He wouldn't betray he is me. My father. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe this. I can't I'm so upset. I can remember um Pap yelling, Lean, lean and I'm like I'm like thirty pounds. Yeah, and lean which way he stuck, he'd be like, You didn't lean I'm like I have enough to do anything. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Was the snowmobile cheetah print or am I making that up? No, no it, it was purple. Oh yeah, it did. It was, it was purple it was an Arctic cat. So, nice, yeah. got it. Yeah. I do remember so that. Not That's cheated why. at all. Not cheated. I'm sorry. It's a different cat. Arctic cat. <laughs> whatever, Purple. Whatever that Arctic is. <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Anywho, I'm going to move on <laughs> before a fight breaks I think up. it's funny. 
Okay, so Stephen Kubeck, he's gone. No, they can't find him. They search for months and months and months. And then rumors start to um, spread like they do with most disappearances. So this actually wasn't the first vanishing in this particular area. Dating back to at least 1891, there have been a manner of strange disappearances of boats, planes, and individuals in what is known as the Michigan Triangle. Shock face. Shock face. Oh my god. I don't I didn't remember that at all. <laughs> the Michigan Triangle stretches from Ludington, Michigan to Benton Harbor, Michigan to Manitowoc, Wisconsin. So in eighteen ninety-one, a schooner a schooner, schooner with this same thing happened last time. <laughs> a schooner named Thomas Huma crossed Lake Michigan looking for lumber. The boat was later found, but the crew was not. See, that's weird. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Unless everybody went overboard. I mean you watch the you watch what what's the shows with the fishing going on in the Deadly Sketch. Yes. I mean, it could happen. Yeah, but sure for everybody, everyone could do it. Unless true. everyone's like, unless they're taking on water and it's yeah. like abandoned ship. Yeah, let's go from this ship to the really small dinghy. Right, and then <laughs> that ship just never sank then, in the yeah. end. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, in 1921, 11 people inside the Rosabella ship disappeared. Only the ship was found overturned and damaged, but no other ship had reported an accident. So it seemed like it had got hit by something, but... Rogue wave. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I guess. An iceberg? No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Maybe a nice sheet on Lake Michigan. Anyway. Not an iceberg. Anyway. <laughs> but there was a rogue wave just recently. Oh, really? Um, off the coast of um, South America, there was a cruise line... What was the cruise line? Does that just mean a big wave that like hit uh, it's a, ready it's for an it? unexpected wave? Oh, so uh, the 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 there were rough seas anyway. Yeah, and a rogue wave is a larger, usually double in size. I, I just read the article. Yeah. So if I get this wrong, you know, don't put it in it's the fine. comments. It's don't fine. It's fine. Just just deal with it. Nobody comments. <laughs> You're fine. I do. Okay, you're gonna call, you're gonna research it later and then comment on this episode and be like, "Hey, the guy who's talking about the rogue wave—he's totally inaccurate." <laughs> Let me see. I will. I will. Anyway, uh, a rogue wave is usually uh, twice the size of the other waves around oh, it, and can sometimes come from a different direction or comes. From oh, so a you're different like not direction. ready for it. Oh, so gosh. there was a cruise line. Uh, last week, two weeks ago, last week, whatever week this happens to be, yeah, go back to whenever I'm talking right now. Yeah, um, late November. Late November, and it got hit by a rogue wave. It burst the windows of the passenger ship, killed a woman inside. Oh my god! Her cabin, I think. Yeah, and it hurt uh, maybe a dozen other people. Oh my gosh! So the wave was, it towered and towered over the other waves, came from a different direction. Yeah. Everyone thought that they actually hit something because... Yeah, an iceberg. They thought they hit something. <laughs> I, I would go iceberg yeah. if we're in the Atlantic. Yeah. You never know. I, I would go there. Or an ice shelf. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it said they, it felt like they hit something. Uh, people were wondering if they should abandon ship. And uh, and when everything came out, they, they made port as quick as they could. 
And I think they canceled the rest of the ship That's line. Cr- well, yeah. The ship wasn't damaged that much, mm-hmm. except that where the wave hit, it had burst the, the windows. windows and stuff. That's crazy. A lot of people I know go on cruises. Like, a lot of people go on cruises. I'm kind of scared to go on a cruise still. Whether it be the Atlantic or Lake Michigan. <laughs> well, you're up against what? The weather and the food. Yeah. <laughs> what if it's terrible? But what, if you, what if you have bad neighbors and then you're stuck there? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I've had plenty of bad neighbors <laughs> in hotels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, other other examples in Lake Michigan. On April 28, 1937, Captain Donner guided his ship through icy waters, avoiding icebergs. Stop it. And then he went to his cabin to rest. About three hours later, a crew member went to alert him that they were nearing the port, but Captain Donner was gone, and he was never seen again. Oh, that's right. We're going to bring up... Remains unsolved yeah. to this days. Yeah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> In 1950, Northwest Airlines Flight 2501 was carrying 58 people. It crashed into Lake Michigan, and it was never found. Now, that's weird. So the pilot requested us to go to 2,500 feet, quote, because of a severe electrical storm which was lashing the lake with high-velocity winds. Yeah, that makes no sense. When the plane disappeared from radar, it was never found again. I mean, you could try to, maybe it's like, we're going to land on, on the Lake water. Michigan. That one guy did it. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks didn't do it. <laughs> but a guy by the name of Sully. <laughs> he didn't do it in the movie? <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. He does his own stuff. So. <laughs> so, conspiracy theories surrounding the Michigan Triangle dug its claws into the disappearance of Stephen Kubecki. Theories began to spread that Stephen was a victim of foul play, an animal attack, he ran away to start a new life, an alien abduction, he stumbled upon a portal to an alternate reality, the list goes on and on and on, but nothing ever stuck because they never found anything. Months went by with no clues as to whether or not Stephen was alive or dead. Hope College awarded him a bachelor's degree in abstentia since he should have graduated, you know, in a few months. His family accepted the diploma, but they never legally declared him dead. They still held out hope that his whereabouts would come to light. Miraculously, on May 5th, 1979, exactly 15 months after Stephen Kubecki's vanishing, he appeared at his aunt's doorstep in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Now that's weird. How far away? Um, I've... Uh, about 700 miles due east of where he vanished. But it was near, it wasn't very far away from her house. Yeah. It was like a mile or two away from her house. So he was dazed and confused, but otherwise in good health. His parents and authorities were notified and they extensively questioned Stephen on what had happened to him. However, it was all in vain because Stephen couldn't recall where he had been or what had happened to him. He didn't even know how much time had gone by. So his statement to police included that he had lost consciousness at some point during his hike at Lake Michigan or his cross-country ski at Lake Michigan. When he awoke, he was a full 700 miles due east in the field in Pittsfield. The clothing he was wearing was not his including new glasses, sneakers, and a t-shirt from a marathon in Wisconsin. And then in an unfamiliar bag next to him, there were various maps, 
$40 in cash, and hitchhiking signs for Sacramento, San Francisco, Reno, Chicago, and Utah. Although he felt as if he had done a lot of running and signs pointed to him having done extensive traveling, he remembered none of it. He commented that his last thought was, quote, feeling cold and scared of being lost in the frozen darkness. After that, he refused to comment further on his experience other than to dismiss the idea that he ran away on purpose. <coughs> oh, it's <laughs> convincing. I thought the first cough was actually real. That was wild. <laughs> you don't think that's true? No. No. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, he, he disappears. Why did he disappear? I don't, I don't know. But for him to say, I didn't do this on purpose, but I have all these signs in my bag. That <laughs> I didn't says do this on I'm purpose. Hitchhiking. No further questions. No further questions. <laughs> no further questions. Well, I, I didn't go along with that. But then you said something on the other one about. He discloses more, but it's in a book he wrote. Uh, no. no, I don't know. I don't really know what that oh. book is about. Um, I have it here. So, um, Stephen Kubecki resumed a seemingly normal life. He went on to earn his master's degree in linguistics and a PhD in clinical psychology. Linguistics? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. You study in German. <laughs> the linguistics thing, though, you know, that's kind of interesting because, um, uh, we, we we're gonna we talked about and we're gonna talk about that he was in a portal or aliens or something yeah. like that. So, oh, um, you think he learned went on to linguistics? Uh, maybe to learn maybe something happened. In ancient the alien text. Interesting. Um, afterwards, the book he wrote was called Metamathematical Foundations of Existence: Godel, Quantum, God, and Beyond. He now works as a psychologist in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know what his book is about. It does kind of seem like it could be like an alternate. I feel like he... I just took it as like math, but... No, I don't know. The, t the title sounded different, but I feel like he went on to study things that he may not have originally gone that yeah, path. Yeah, that's true. Linguistics. And then he was like, maybe we're not alone or there is a more... What are you looking for? The title of the book. Oh, it's right here. Got it. Can you read that? No. <laughs> you can't remember more than one word. Maybe Four two. letters. <laughs> Meta, mathematical. I got it. So. Foundations. It does kind of seem like it would be like, I don't know. It seems very smart. Yeah. Like maybe he's like, listen, if we do all this math and we, but he's not math, but it says meta mathematical. Maybe mm -hmm. that's why I'm thinking about it, but he's not a mathematician. In the Metamathematical think... Foundations of Existence. Is that it? Uh, yes, go to Quantum go to... God, um, and God and Beyond. The authors, the, authors, the authors prove, they prove it, that existence is infinite in its universe and realities. Everything imaginable and unimaginable are possible. There is endless change and limitless possibility driven by the inherent incompleteness and inconsistencies of all things, thoughts, theories, and universes. I will go no further. <laughs> I, I receive, what is it? I receive the rest of my time to the next person. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe he did stumble upon an alternate re reality. I don't know. So 
people have various theories of what happened. Obviously, if you are thinking about the Michigan Triangle, people think of it like the Bermuda Triangle. So it can lead, it's a portal or it leads to an alternate reality. So it could be that he went to an alternate reality. Could be he stumbled his way into a different universe. You just mentioned the Bermuda Triangle. We have the Michigan Triangle. Did yeah. you know there's the Alaska Triangle? No, I didn't. There's an Alaskan Triangle. There's the Ireland's Vanishing Triangle. No, that might be something different. <laughs> Um, no, don't don't talk about that. Um, then there's one, uh, the Bennington Triangle that's in Vermont where people disappear. There's a lot of triangles. We should visit one. Oh, should we? Yeah, because what if we go to an alternate reality that's better? And come back a year later. And I can fly or something. Ooh, I'll Ooh. stand on the edge. <laughs> I'll stand on the edge Make, and make watch sure you, you have that sharpened out so I don't cross the line. <laughs> so... So, you know, yeah, (laughs) yeah, the spray, the spray. (laughs) So that is one theory. Another theory that people discuss, which is generally what people agree upon, maybe, is that Stephen went through what is called dissociative fugue, or he went into a fugue state. This is a type of amnesia in which the sufferer will lose awareness of their identity or other important autobiographical information for a duration of time while maintaining the ability to function like a normal person. This can last anywhere from a few hours to years, maybe. The individual will often, quote unquote, wake up in an unfamiliar place with no memory of what happened while in said state. This can be set on by extreme psychological trauma and I think that people generally agree that, like, maybe he did grow cross-country skiing and something happened. He got hurt or he got started to get hypothermia, became delirious, went into the fugue state. And then that's why he doesn't remember anything. Like, that was the traumatic experience. And then he went into that fugue state and then doesn't remember. See, I thought that a little bit about that the first time. But then you think, what were the chances... If he went into hypothermia or something. Yeah. What were the chances of him surviving without help in that climate or environment? Unless it just so happened that, like, he was starting to get really bad as he was stumbling into a town. Mm -hmm. And somebody saw him. But you would think somebody would take him to the hospital and be like, hey, this guy, we got to figure out who he is. Then you see the police reports. Yeah, I saw this guy. Yeah. Picked him up at the 7 Eleven. Yeah. He was getting a Slurpee. <laughs> I don't think he'd be getting a Slurpee. Slurpee. Maybe a hot chocolate. <laughs> in February. He was in a fugue state. True. True. I mean, it was 78, so I guess I don't know. I just always think, like, when they check the hospitals or something. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like he did a lot of traveling, though. I am very. We talked a lot about the marathon in the last time we recorded. That's, that's the thing that's that I think key. is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Did he actually run a whole marathon and if so maybe he won and we just don't know i just can't believe there's no record of it that holds the key there probably is but it's like in like where's a place that keeps documents that are written down in 1978 (laughs) (laughs) something like that i don't know stuff hit the trash yeah in the 80s That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that's interesting. I think it's interesting that he had, like, he had everything mapped out to a certain extent, but he was like, those are my maps. Yeah. I think in 1970s, I talked about this before, uh, 1970s, it's uh, 
love, uh, drugs, disco, rock and roll. Ooh, disco. I mean, people were doing, uh, uh, Susie over there mentioned gap years. Um, mm-hmm. It's called a gap year now. People just went on. And just walkabout. Yeah, walkabout. Yeah, they, they, they took off for a year or two yeah. backpacking. And, and so to me, 70s, a lot of pressure in politics at that time. Um, he just took off. You think so? Yeah, I mean... I think it'd be really easy to just leave, right? Like, yeah. now it's hard, but, like, then it's just like, I mean, oh, if I wash your car, will you give me a couple bucks? I'll go, you know, buy whatever with that. And hitchhiking was a thing. Yeah. Like, people hitchhiked all the time. So, I guess you're right. I just... I... But you can't deny that his footprints disappeared. Disappeared. Yeah, but you had said before that maybe he walked backwards. Backwards, maybe. To the trail. But I also think maybe an alien abduction. Yeah. He just got sucked right up up into a UFO from where he was standing. I'm just saying. Just saying. I, you know. Know, well, the men in black little zapper, that explains his memory. That's true. That's true. That's true. So there are stories as late as 2013 where individuals have gone missing in the Michigan Triangle. Some have been in similar, found in similar states to Stephen, while others vanished seemingly forever. In conclusion, it could have been anything. Mm-hmm. Fugue state, aliens, he fell into a different dimension, he got attacked by a wild animal, somebody found him, he was raised by wolves, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> raised by I'm sorry, you threw that. You threw that one out that quickly. What he went on to study is very interesting. That's true. I didn't think about that before. I guess you're right. If he met ancient aliens, he's trying to figure out how to communicate with them. Or if he went into a deep drug haze. Yeah, and he <laughs> and he realized, you know, dude. Yeah. What if? <laughs> I just feel like it was all. Oh, okay. He appeared. Now it's all hush hush. That's yeah. bizarre. I mean... Well, I also think maybe part of it was like, well, you don't want to ask him too many questions because he just came back from a traumatic experience. Yeah. You'll you'll upset him. What if he does it again? I think at that point, his family was just like, we're just, we're just glad he's back. Well, we're not happy that he's back. In 78, you don't have the internet. Yeah. Uh, national news is not going to pick up on some college student, another college student walking yeah. off and... You know, they're not going to do that. coming back, yeah. So the only thing that, anybody, the, the only entity that's going to pick up on it is the local newspaper. Yeah. Hey, he's back. Yeah. And then it's gone. Right. right. I think I think the answers are the marathon records and hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think hypnosis? he was hypnotized? No, I think he needs hypnotized to oh. get him to, to remember what happened. Oh. Interesting. Let's bring him out. Interesting. Let's Stephen Q again. Our hypnosis, <laughs> <laughs> hypnotizer. But you, the interesting Hypnotist. one of the things that I'm, I'm looking through this. You you brought up um, the Michigan Triangle. There mm-hmm. are a lot of places that people are like. There's a triangle here where the, the Ireland Triangle, I, the Ireland's Vanishing Triangle. I, I thought it was about something else, and I reread it, and and it's about. Yeah. People going missing. I, and, or, and then reappearing. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to look at all of the... Okay. I think it would be interesting to look at all these various triangles and see where they are. Because, like, Michigan Triangle is literally most of Lake Michigan. So, obviously, you're going to have 
boat accidents right. and people falling in the lake or yeah. whatever. Especially on that large lake. It, it, right. It, it's one of the largest lakes in the world. Yeah. And then some of those other ones, I think it depends on how um, rural, rural, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if it's like, oh, it the Alaskan Triangle makes up literally unexplored wilderness of Alaska and people go missing there all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. It was never seen from again, uh, again. Yeah. but a bear was seen wearing his hat. Yeah. The other thing yeah. is, you know what I mean? I don't know. The the guys that dig in the lake, yeah, uh, that now they dive the lakes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that lake is—it's not shallow. I mean, yeah. It's, hundreds of feet deep. Mm-hmm. It has its own current system. Yeah. So if you were to go missing there, um, the ship or person, they'd be floating for miles. Yeah. And then, uh, the but people usually come back up. So long story short, we should drain Lake Michigan. I. You know what? <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll take a canal and we'll dig it all the way to Southern California we'll, where they can get all the water they want. We'll push the water over there. <laughs> and then we'll bring it back. It'll be fine. So anyway, final thoughts, conclusions. Will this story keep you up at night or will you still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug? These keep me up because there's no... Yeah. I need, I need to understand it and I don't understand it. Yeah, that's true. Like, there's no closure to it. Yeah. So what do you think happened, though? Um, because, now that we're talking about it again, because he came back and what he was studying... Yeah. There has to be some... You think relation, alternate reality There has to be some relation to that because okay. you just don't... Think of that. Yeah, that's true. Thoughts, feelings? What do you think? I think he um, took a gap year. I think that yeah. he, it was college. A drug-induced jaunt. He, it was college. He said, screw it. I'm out of here. I'm going to go across My old man is driving me crazy. I had no idea about yeah, any of yeah, that, yeah. of course. Speculation. But, but I, I just need to get away. Yeah. No, and he, he says in this article everything was fine. And he yeah, just said he would but... see a medical doctor, but he refused to go see a psychiatrist. Yeah. So, so he, he and then he ended up being a psychologist. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So he went out and he had a year. He yeah. enjoyed his year away, and then he feels guilt and doesn't want to tell everyone because yeah. everyone, he, everyone looked for him. Yeah. Everyone was out there, so he's going to hold it close to the vest. And and because he was out there and doing whatever he was doing, yeah, in his travels. He wrote a really cool book. Yeah. Maybe he did bad at the marathon, and that's why he doesn't want to see <laughs> maybe, maybe so. Maybe he stole that shirt. Yeah. Someone laid it down and swiped yeah, it. Yeah, he did unspeakable things. I don't know. For $40. For $40. <laughs> you can't tell anybody. Take it to his grave. Um, the only re- Honestly, the only reason I disagree with you is because I think that that is the boring answer. It is. It is. But, but, uh, but uh, I want him to have met aliens. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, don't say anything. Or we're coming back. We're coming back. Yeah. But wouldn't you think after all this time, he'd come out and say, yeah, I'm sorry, mom and dad. I was just. He's made a living off of it, though. Yeah. I don't know. Or. I don't know. Uh, what, what is interesting is Maybe how... he did unspeakable things. Yeah. What a, another interesting thing is, is the, the amount of triangles that are out there. Yeah. 
that have people that disappear. I don't know if it's because the Bermuda Triangle is famous and everyone knows that. So they we wanna, make triangles. They want to make a triangle somewhere. <laughs> There's no polygon. Yeah. There's no you know uh, devil's uh, square elliptical. <laughs> yeah. There's always a triangle. There's so no vanishing stars anywhere. I, you know, so, so to match those up, would there be an? Would there be a matching point True. from where they all seem to converge? Yeah, they're all maybe they're all portals to each other. So, like, if you go missing in the Michigan Triangle, you actually end up in Ireland, and you just don't know. Like clue, like the secret door. Yes, they're, they're like the secret one. doors across the world. Yeah. We figured it out. Okay, let's go to the Michigan Triangle. When I read the book. And I'm not big on the movie. I haven't watched all of the series, but Outlander was very interesting. Uh-huh. The time travel. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, maybe in the future we'll do try more triangle episodes. More triangles. Yeah. Alaskan triangle. Bermuda yeah. triangle. Irish triangle. The Alaskan triangle, triangle is just like the bush people, and like there's nobody else out there, and it's like he went. That's the third person to go missing. There are like. 20 bears that live in that five mile radius, but we don't know what happened. I feel like that's what that's going to, maybe not, maybe not. I don't know. All right. So, uh, if you guys want to look at any of the pictures that I will post, you can go to our Instagram or Twitter. They're both at BIA or podcast. Facebook is just bug and rug. You can check out the resources at bug and You can also email me your suggestions, uh, podcast at gmail.com. December is booked. I already got everything. I have, I have it all figured out. Next week, hopefully, we're going to be talking about skinwalkers. So heads up for that one. Um, and then the week after that, something else. And then the week after that, something else. <laughs> and then Jack closes it out. And then, well, Jack closes it out on the fourth week. No pressure to him. I'm going to tell him that he's I mean, good. We did pretty good. We've opened pretty well. I mean, I, I think we're like, we're on third base. Yeah. And we just need someone to take it home. Take us home. Well, maybe next week, Carly's going to be my guest next week. Swing so and maybe, <laughs> get out of here. She's going to listen to this. <laughs> Anywho, thank you for being on today. Um, signing off. I'm Caitlin. Mama Sue. Dad Bruce. Bye. Bye. Bye.